Hi, welcome to Reset Your Mindset by Life Stance Health. Myself, Dwight Thompson, and my co-host, Nicolette Lianza, will bring you conversations with leading Life Stance Health professionals who will help guide you on your journey to positive mental health and well-being. At Life Stance, we believe in the three pillars of mental health, mental flexibility, mindfulness, and resilience. Dr. Alhaj, thank you so much for joining us today. Dwight and I are both really excited to hear more about telehealth and all your expertise on this subject. So let's definitely hear from you. Tell us more about this. Thank you so much, guys, for having me um, to um, join you in this wonderful podcast and to talk about something I have a lot of passion for. So telehealth is a general umbrella that includes telemedicine, um, mobile um, healthcare, and mobile monitoring, along with other technological ways that patients and their healthcare providers can communicate and exchange information um, through. Dr. Elhash, thank you for giving us kind of a brief overview of telehealth. When I think of telehealth, I think of this um, nuance that's woven into healthcare. And anytime that that happens, my first question is, why do we need another thing woven into the fold of healthcare? So can you tell me a little bit about how will telehealth benefit clients and why is this something that, that we need? Thank you, Dwight. Uh, that's really a wonderful question. Actually, it's not really new. I mean, the first time we did um, telemental health or telepsychiatry was actually in 1956 in Nebraska. Um, Yes. And um, it has been used uh, throughout the years, probably to a lesser impact and with lesser access, but it has been used. I mean, my first exposure to telehealth was in 2006 uh, while I was working with the VA administration healthcare system here in Ohio. Um, We um, did not have that many psychiatrists who were trained in both geriatrics and addiction. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the advanced um, um, medical care now, you know, we have a lot of our patients who live with addiction living for, um, you know, um, 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 long years and we need to provide them care. So um, the VA came up with that solution um, to address that shortage where I would be sitting in uh, my office actually in uh, the clinic in Warren, Ohio, and the patients would be across the state or across the states. Uh, would they go to their um, closest uh, clinic uh, to their own homes and I would be able to see them. Now, the system back then uh, relied um, um, on closed circuitry TV um, 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 systems and it required a lot of bandwidth and specific uh, conferencing equipments. Uh, Now it has changed to where it could be done um, anywhere by anyone. So this would just be if someone had a Wi-Fi connection somewhere and they can just be on their home computer or their laptop or their iPad or whatever device? Absolutely. I mean, you could use it on your own iPhone. I mean, one of the ways that, um, you know, envisioning that we can do it here in Life Science Midwest Division is, let's say, um, I'm your patient and Mm -hmm. um, I'm a... um, um, I'm caring for my elderly father who's ill today and I can't actually leave him alone to go to my session with gotcha. you. Okay. I call to cancel. And then you say, well, you know, I'm available to see you through our telehealth platform. So then instead of, you know, you having to cancel oh, and miss, okay. you know, the session with me today or, you know, having to find somebody to, you know, care for your ill dad while you're seeing me and driving to my office and waiting for me that we can offer that. 
it's not going to replace the way that gotcha. you know we do uh, provide care. It's mm -hmm. just going to actually supplement it. So That's we a have good clarification that you said yeah. that supplemented. Correct. Yeah. So we have actually a wider access of care. Right. And that brings up a good point. I think when when you look at seeking health care. I think one thing that stops a lot of folks is accessibility to care. And so telehealth can supplement what we already have existing within our healthcare systems. But tell us a little bit about, about how this breaks down the barrier that is access to care. Absolutely. This is a very good question, Dwight. Um, unfortunately, currently in the United States, uh, only one of every two counties have access to psychiatry. Wow. So okay. consequently, um, having access uh, to psychiatrists and mental health care uh, through um, telehealth video conferencing um, services is going to revolutionize um, the way that we are serving our patients. Um, in my home office um, in um, Ohio here in the past two years, I've been able to see patients um, in Texas, uh, in Northern California, in San Francisco, in mm. Michigan, in Illinois, wow. in North Carolina, in South Carolina, in Wisconsin. So my point is the ability to provide care is uh, not limited by geography or the availability of a specialist that you need in the area where you live. Well, let me ask you this, Dr. Alhaj. What if somebody doesn't have a device to actually be able to kind of check in that way? What, how can you still reach them? That's a very good point. So that happened actually, especially in rural areas. Uh, what we have been able to do is, um, you know, connect uh, with their primary care doctors or their, oh, um, you know, federally qualified rural clinics where the patient can go there and we would be able to connect with them from oh, our offices, you know, in the same state or if you are licensed across states, you can do that as well. Okay. Just to be clear, to circle back to something you alluded to, you said that one in two counties here in the United States have access to psychiatry. Not telepsychiatry, you just mean psychiatry overall. Absolutely. So telehealth will bridge the gap and hopefully make it two out of two. Ab uh, we're hoping right. so, exactly. But with that, how will you be able to, how do, would telehealth maintain the confidentiality? That's a, that's a very good question. I mean, I've been doing, you know, telehealth in, in one form or another for the past now uh, 13 years. And confidentiality is not as different um, than when you're in the office. Um, um, you know, the patient um, will be an active participant in the treatment. So they have to choose where they need to be seen, you know, whether it's, you know, a, a room that is, um, you know, private um, in their own house or okay. in their, you know, work environment. Um, and um, uh, the transmission of the information is really not much different than what we do right now with our electronic health records. So we're, you know, going to be using here in LifeSense a HIPAA compliant uh, platform. Okay. And I mean, I can tell you it's going to be actually definitely more um, 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 confidential than a phone conversation that you have uh, over um, any of your phone carriers. So it sounds like a lot of it too is making sure the patient, if they are doing it from their home, that they have a quiet environment to also, you know, that kids or dogs aren't maybe interrupting and barking, but everything else sounds like if they have that part, everything else will be held pretty confidential through the platform then. Absolutely, and you know, to be candid with you, it, the ability to see the patients in their own environment is going to be so valuable for us um, as clinician um, to be able to help them truly because they don't really need to describe things 
uh, to us that you know we might not capture. I mean, I can just tell you about a patient of mine that um, I have been working with her for about eight months, uh, and we were addressing issues related to her depression and anxiety, and she briefly mentioned um, a history of hoarding, but didn't go oh, into details okay. um, you know, into that. Um, until wow. about eight months after, you know, we, we, we were working in treatments and she felt uh, safe and confident enough that mm -hmm. she took actually the, the laptop that she was seeing wow. me through and she took me through the house Why and what I saw there uh, was um, um, uh, worth a thousand words. And you bring up such a good point because I know working individually with clients who are coming to my office and, you know, often in my own mind, I'm trying to put together what their home life could be or what they live life per se and to be able to have the ability to actually maybe scan and see their actual home environment absolutely i mean yeah, amazing. Nikki, i mean and you know that like as a mother yourself mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um, um um how our kids interact when they're at home very yeah. differently than oh, they're gosh. out yeah. so i know a lot of my colleagues who do telehealth um you know who are child and adolescent therapists or psychiatrists wow. yeah. they tell me that you know when they're seeing the kid playing in their own environment yeah. it's way different then yes. you know when they bring him to the office I mean they try to make him comfortable right. and to have their right. you know play space mm -hmm. you know where they can observe the kid but there's nothing that outvalue um, the ability to see the patient you know or the kid in, in their own environment yeah oh I, that would be immeasurable and, and speaking of I mean access to care I mean well I mean you know the three of us have lived in Northeast Ohio for a quite long time, and we know how you know the winter could get um, uh, very um, ugly and restricting. So one of the things that I'm actually hoping that we can do is, you know, especially for our frail patients who during very um, harsh winters um, risk actually their lives to yeah. come, yeah. you know, to see us. You know, whether they're risking the fall or risking other you know problems. Um, um, you know, if you're able to see them in their own environment. Um, until you know they're able to come to see you so it does offer um, a, 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 a the capacity to extend the continuity of care right. beyond just the physical office and that's sort of twofold so you allude to you know clients that are established with you and they are as you put it risking their lives they're in some a place like Northeast Ohio <laughs> where the weather can be uh, very tricky to navigate so what about clients that are seeking care and it's very they're in a vulnerable position and they're looking for um, the initiative to seek that care how can telehealth bridge that gap how can you meet folks where they are at that's a great question Dwight um, the ability of telehealth uh, to meet people where they're at is going to be very crucial in its success um, I worked with somebody who have had um, long history of anxiety, panic attacks, and agoraphobia, and she really wanted to get the help. But it was just a frightening experience for her mm -hmm. to come check in and wait in the waiting room, you know, to be seen. And mm -hmm. I know, I mean, like we've all experienced I'm that right, sometimes. Right. So what telehealth can offer is, you know, for that person um, to be able to start a treatment 
you know, through telehealth. And then if they want, you know, to actually come to the office uh, instead of telehealth, that is something that we're also offering. So it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be a separate path of care delivery. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's just actually an additional right. medium, medium of care that you can either supplement or start treatment or transition treatment to. I mean, think about you know, people who travel. I mean, mm-hmm. the, uh, the population in the U.S. right now is significantly migratory population. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of, you know, we re- relocate for work, we re- relocate for study. So if you're working with somebody and you've developed rapport and they've invested all that time in working with you to address their issues and they travel to somewhere else right. and they still want to maintain that and probably during that transition they mm-hmm. might need your help the most. So now with, with the healthcare system and the current delivery of care, actually, they, they're not going to be able to. So what telehealth can offer is, you know, the ability to do that. And let me add, often when kids are graduating and heading into college, what will happen and, you know, they'll be meeting with their counselor, then they go off out of state, often they'll maybe pick up another therapist down by the university, and then when they come back home, see their home therapist, but with telehealth, it could just be one person following Ab- with them. Absolutely. So that's what I mean. You know, it does. It does provide a, a greater capacity for continuity of care. Yes. Yes. I see that. Sure. And when you look at different generations and how it, how this impacts um, folks on a generational level, we're currently dealing with um, young people who maybe this is something that they are more comfortable utilizing. Do you find that you are seeing a lot of young folks utilizing telehealth? In your experience, yes, tele- I mean telehealth is 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 easily adapted, um, you know, by um, younger generation. However, um, I've had um, in the past two years more patients who are in their fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties okay. using wow. this. Um, you know, uh, medium uh, than actually the younger population. I think wow. when you explain it, mm-hmm. when you um, 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 uh, provide the medium to do it, uh, people will actually uh, start doing it. Sure. So, Dr. Al Haj, everything that you've told us to this point uh, sounds phenomenal. However, as with anything, there are going to be some drawbacks. What are those when, um, when you're looking at telehealth? Well, that's actually another good question. And as you know, um, uh, the three of us have experienced some technical difficulties starting this podcast <laughs> just, you know, 20 minutes ago. This Things going to happen. Yes. You know, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, a power going out when you're in the office or right. losing, you know, Internet connectivity. Uh, we couldn't, um, you know, uh, send prescriptions uh, from the office. So technological issues will continue, but they do not just impact telehealth. I mean, they do impact. I mean, right now, you know. Um, I mean, a lot of aspects of, of healthcare, but right. that is a possibility, and that's something that you know the the the, the healthcare provider and the patient need to talk about mm-hmm. in the first session, so they can have actually a plan B or plan C mm-hmm. in case um, you know connecting through a video conferencing uh, platform did not work. 
So that would be, I mean, one, one, one draw. The other drawback is, um, you know, sometimes you do actually need to see the patient in person, you know, or that the patient herself or himself wanted to be seen in okay. the office. I mean, I bring back again that patient of mine that had the anxiety, panic attacks, and agoraphobia. So mm -hmm. we started actually treatment uh, through uh, telehealth for about four to five months. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I actually invite her to come to the office to see if the treatment is working because, you know, if the treatment was working, she would have been able to drive to the office, to sit in the waiting room without right, feeling right. very anxious. So it is really a combination of both. Mm -hmm. I don't think that is going to replace the way that we provide health care right now. Let me ask you about insurance and just the financial cost of this. Does insurance cover this? So some actually payers do, some payers don't, and that's something that the person need to figure out with their you know insurance carrier first, and then talk with their provider. Um, here at LifeSense, we are trying to actually negotiate with our payers um, to be um, able to provide that coverage. Uh, but again, for you as an individual person, I would just actually ask that you contact your own health insurance and see. They are starting to pay it actually in some states. Um, they offer legal guarantees of parity and reimbursement. For example, mm -hmm. the state of Kentucky, they just passed laws that made it um, illegal um, as of July of this year uh, for insurance companies and not to reimburse uh, and to cover telehealth. Um, you know, exactly, yeah, wow. compared to in okay. person. Go here Kentucky. in Ohio, yeah, okay. absolutely. I mean, here in Ohio, I mean, we're hoping that in 2021 we will get um, to, to, to that point. A, um, a legislation did not pass this summer in um, our um, uh, state um, uh, legislation. So uh, I know that a lot of advocates are working on that to get it to the end line. What do you see as the future of, of telehealth? Where do you think it's going? Well, it, it, it only has forward to go. It's, it's going to be a, um, a, 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 an essential part of how we interact with um, you know, our patients. Um. Well, Dr. Alhaj, thank you so much for joining us today. Your insight uh, truly was invaluable. We could not have picked a better guest yes. to shed light on this topic. And we appreciate you spending time with us in informing our listeners more about telehealth. And your passion that comes through about it is very infectious. Thank you so much, guys. I mean, this has been a wonderful opportunity. And um, I hope to come back to another podcast of yours. Yes. You guys do a wonderful yes. job. Thank Great. you. Thank, Thank you. you. I think there were some very good takeaways from today's episode. One being that telehealth can reach people who may not generally have access to mental health care. And I think a lot of, um, in a lot of ways, what telehealth represents is a lot of progression within our healthcare system. And I think Dr. Elhaj shed light on this in a variety of aspects, is that we have to understand that um, the key to healthcare is meeting folks where they are at. And so many times, the thing that prevents people from seeking care is not knowing what first steps to take and not knowing if the accessibility is there. And so I think one of the major takeaways for me was that telehealth really represents a lot of progress within the healthcare system in understanding that everyone um, needs, needs to be recognized um, at their respective state. Which brings me to the thought that telehealth extends the continuity of care beyond the four walls of the office, which then can help inspire people to work on their ability to be more mentally flexible, their mindfulness as well as their resilience to their own mental health care. Absolutely, absolutely.